the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome along. Heat wave. It's 10 degrees. We're in double digits. I came in today. It was 11 when I arrived, according to my car thermostat. Mm-hmm. I got out and I thought to myself, it's not too bad. No, not too bad at all. I mean, it's funny what you can get used to. Pretty darn quick, too. I think that's abuse. 10. 10's pretty good. But here's the weird thing. We're headed towards 50 next week, which I absolutely love. I mean, if I'm okay with 11, how am I going to feel when it's 50? Oh. I'm going to be like out in shorts and flip-flops. Like a gift of gifts. You know, I was looking at yesterday on uh, Amazon were, were bird feeders. Do you, you ever have bird feeders okay. in here? I thought about <laughs> a bird feeder. Seriously, I thought about a bird feeder. You, like maybe five years ago, I was like, I yeah. don't know much about birds. Yeah. And I think a bird feeder might be kind of cool. I, I don't think have. So too. I have a really tiny window in the kitchen, so it's not like a great like you view know, spot mm-hmm. to look out. But I thought I'm going to do that. But then I made the mistake of googling. I decided this was this was a smart thing. Yeah. Why shouldn't I get a bird feeder? Oh, because I oh, thought I'm oh. sure there are a lot of reasons I haven't thought of. Oh my gosh! Don't get one. They talked me out of it. All those Why? people on there in a of hot rats. minute. No, well, well, they brought up rats, they brought up squirrels, but uh, the number one thing they brought up is you're going to make the birds dependent on you, and really, how reliable are you? And I thought to myself, right. well, no, wait. That's what I've heard, that once you start, then you must commit, because then you become the primary source of food for the birds. Right, so I don't think I should be doing I that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to crush the birds by you know missing a few days of food. Which is why you should not get a bird feeder. I'm going to do it. I am. I'm going to do it. That is irresponsible. No, it's not. What are you, what are you saying? Because you're already going into it saying no, that you're no. not going to follow through. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that I would like to see some birds outside my window. I'm going to get. I'm going to do this. Mike's shaking his head. What, don't what? do it. Don't do it. You're going to have bird poop all over your car. I don't think. I'm going to put the. It's going to be in the yard, Mike. It'll be in the yard. Don't it's not do like it. you're going to be. I'm telling you. Two, you will guys. clean bird poop every day off your car uh, and those birds are going to be so hungry the day you forget what <laughs> you are oh you God. are inserting Holy yourself smokes. into their ecosystem that's Debbie, already fully formed debbie downers here what would the audubon society say is they what would I say if you're not going to follow through don't even enter in we would go visit my in-laws and they would have a million birds outside your their windows were following through they were what you don't have confidence i'm going to follow you I've already do- admitted that you're not going to. i'm not if anything you should get chickens. Chickens. You know oh, why? I'm not going to get a chicken. Like with a they chicken eat coop. Eat the insects, and they eat ticks. Oh, oh if anyone oh, who would like them, oh, to eat and they have dogs. You. Yeah. So yeah. you I don't want ticks in your dog. Those so. dogs please, help. Oh, the please, dogs. please tell me oh, you're going to get chickens. Sparky. Because I want to hear a chicken update every day. I would never. Home. I would never get <laughs> talk about. Be, so get funny. Free eggs. It's hard enough to leave your house when you have pets. Now I've got to get someone to chicken sit. 
I don't think so. You don't so. need to have a chicken sitter. You just get a cage. You throw them in the cage. Oh, listen to no, you. That you is not like what you, you know, do. Yes, Mike. You, Chickens. Can, you can actually buy chicken coops online. I'm not kidding you. Okay. I'm sure you can, it, but it, you still it, have to take care the of them. It was the term, when you leave, just throw them in the cage. I have a feeling that's not really how <laughs> no, you're supposed to approach it. Of course, you feed them. You no. water them. You, you, know, you, you water them. I'm but a... it's not a plant, Mike. No, you have to water them. What if you, you go to, to the get, beach? You have to get – because they'll drown themselves. You have to get a specific pan. Oh, forget it. Because chickens will actually drown themselves if you get the – Okay, I'm, John's I'm not you. even going to follow through on the bird thing. I for sure he's not going to put the... out the pan of water no, you for need the chickens. No, forget the bird thing. The chickens are the way to go. On a freezing cold last day of January, I was just thinking, well, I'm looking forward to springtime. Wouldn't it be nice to have a bird feeder so I could enjoy the outside? That's my only thought here. Not chickens, not ticks, nothing like that. Just the enjoyment of nature. That's all I was looking for, you guys. Sorry. Holy smokes, what a crew. I got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Better than the other I mean, one. I got to be honest. Mike and I were just trying to help. Yeah, well, holy heck. Sorry. All right. I saw this trending on Twitter last week, this question. Yeah. And it cracked me up. And I felt like I had to share it because I needed to know your answer. I needed to know Mike's answer. Okay. And I want to ask both of our guests that we're going to have on our show today their answer as well. Oh, here we go. You ready? Yep. Congratulations. The job you wanted to have when you were five is now yours. What do you do now for a living? <laughs> That's a great question. The job you I know the wanted to, to have when you were five is now yours. <clears throat> what do you do now? for a living very nice i know that i know the answer wow okay already okay. okay john hit it when i was a kid there was a um a corner store you know like this this used to be you know ubiquitous as as rain that every neighborhood had their own little corner store that sold deli meat and bread and you know the, the necessities it was just a little corner store it was called butler's and there were two women Sam Butler was the butcher. He was behind the butcher counter. And then there were two women at the main counter. And, you know, you'd go there and buy penny candy and whatnot. I thought when I saw those women working the uh, adding machine and pulling a lever, I thought, oh, my gosh, I could I please do that someday? <laughs> so more than anything, I wanted to stand behind the counter at Butler's and click those numbers and then pull the lever and see the little piece of white paper come out and then hand it to people all day long. That's my job. <laughs> that is awesome. That's, That's what I'm doing. That is so good. I love that. What okay. do you guys, Mike? Mike? When I was a little kid, you know, I had an older brother and like all younger brothers, they look up to their elder brother and he's he was a hockey player oh. and he got me into hockey. We watched... Uh, in 1991 and 92, we watched the Penguins you know, did. crush it out in the Stanley Cup, final, Stanley Cup final. Sure. And after that, after watching that, I wanted to become a professional hockey player. Nice. So now you're playing for the Pens. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. And what position are you playing? Oh, center, of course. Oh. To star the team. I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. why I didn't know yeah. that. Right. We'll Beat we'll out Sidney Crosby. Nice. Okay. We'll stop by Butler's and I'll give you a, a, you know, a little piece of paper. Thank you. Kath, you're yourself. What were you going to do? Every single night of my young life at 5.55 p.m., mm -hmm. I was getting excited. Okay, I was getting amped up because in five minutes or less, Patty Burns was going to come on KDKA and deliver the news. Mm. 
And I loved her. Patty. I wanted to be Patty Burns. Well, you're not too far away from Patty Burns. And actually, you could have been a Patty Burns. Mm -hmm. I loved her. I loved her red nail polish. Mm -hmm. I loved her serious delivery. She was sophisticated. She was sophisticated, but she She didn't take herself too seriously. Mm -hmm. She brought a level of decorum to the news. Right. I mean, I... I assessed her every outfit, her every like makeup choice, hair, nice. the whole thing. She always I, I can't not believe I remember, she always held a pen while she was delivering the news. Really? Mm-hmm. Patty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll raise you on that now. If you're Patty Burns, you're a little too young. I wish you would have been Marie Tory. I don't know who that is. Oh, Marie Tory was pre-Patty Burns. Was she Patty before Patty was? Uh, she was, yeah, I would okay. say so. Marie Tory to me was sort of a more sophisticated Patty Burns. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she was she was KDKA as well. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, Patty Burns I loved, but she sort of went down a notch or two for me when she joined the, uh, the uh, noon broadcast. With her dad. When it was Patty. And Daddy. And Daddy. But you didn't like that because you didn't like the rhyming. I just thought it was cheesy. You thought it was kitsch. Yeah. But Marie Tory would never do that. But it's her dad. I know. I get it. So it was better that she was with Ray Tannehill than when she was with her dad. I think so. Come on. Who's a better – come on. If you're with Ray Tannehill than your dad. Well, you know, Bill Burns was a serious anchorman as well. So, yeah. But I'm just saying. That's my only negative about Patty Burns. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm I'm thankful she didn't know. You're on the news. Mike's playing hockey, and I'm handing out little paper strips with numbers on. I absolutely love that. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the persecution of Christians in China from an economic viewpoint. Jerry Boyer is with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. wonder what he wanted to do when he was five. WORD. With more fun for your family. Always fun. It's Word FM Family Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. It's really fun. We're taking over the roller rink and bringing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music along for you to skate to. My whole family loves it. My kids love it. Isn't it great? We'll have great prize giveaways, too. Bring your roller skates if you've got them or rent a pair there. It's fun for your church group, youth organization, or your whole family. The kids love it, and so do we. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. Neville Island this Monday from 6.30 till 9. Let's go have fun. Get details and directions at wordfm.com slash skate. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers, 
There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Don't miss the next Word FM Skate Night at Neville Roller Drone. Monday, February 4th. Kenny Woods has the audience going in circles every first Monday of the month playing your favorite CCM hits with prize and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental just three more. Details at SkateNRD.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Roller Drone at SkateNRD.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Make every day count with your media choices. Here's a tip from Bob Woloszewski of Plugged In Movie Reviews. I'm absolutely convinced that most of America is hardly proactive when it comes to entertainment. People make decisions based on popularity, uh, how it did at the box office, how the album did on billboard charts, how the TV show is rated. But I think when it comes to families who care, uh, we have to take a different tack. We have to say, what is actually good for our inner man? But as such, we need to be equipped with information to make those decisions. So I think that's where our website, uh, among others, comes in. Plugged In spells it out, whether it's video games, television shows, top charting music. Not go or don't go, but here's what's in a movie so families can make God-honoring choices. That's just a snapshot of what you can do to make every day count. Get more ideas online at facebook.com slash count from Focus on the Family. All of China's more than 100 million Protestants and Catholics are bracing to have their faith severely tested in a harsh, all-enveloping crackdown. Here to talk to us about Chinese Christians is Jerry Boyer. Jerry is a regular on our show. He is the editor of Town Hall Finance and a good friend of ours. Jerry, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm all right. Uh, Great to be back with you guys. Thank you. So, Jerry, John and I over the years have followed what's gone on in China. You know, it's been an interesting thing because the the persecution against Christians, or maybe it would be better to say the freedom extended to Christians, has kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. And it's been different um, according to what region of China you're talking about. Um, But, boy, the stories over the last two or three months have really been disturbing, Jerry, um, about about things are getting harder and harder for people of faith. Yeah, and I'm reading the same stories. Um, and I don't have a particular expertise on the details of the persecution of Christians. I just read you know, what you read yeah. on the websites and, and papers. Um, but what I have spent a fair amount of time on is looking at the relationship between regime change and persecution. Um, because you know, I think as we approach something like this, the way we tend to think of it is, that you know the rights of our brothers and sisters are being violated and that's true and we can make a humanitarian appeal for them and that's wise and that's fine to do but i think there's something that we leave out which is part of the history of the church which is to point out that persecutors are imperiling themselves that they're playing a dangerous game Mm. that um 
that a persecution is more dangerous to the persecutor than it is to the persecuted. Hmm. Um, so we looked at some of the data. Uh, basically, we just looked at the open doors, you know, top 50 worst persecutors, you know, as of right now. And um, that list doesn't change very much. So we kind of went back in time to 2000 and said, if you're on that list, how likely are you to have had a regime, regime change forced upon you uh, compared to um, if you're not on that list or if you're just a country in general? Um, and being on that list makes you 65 percent more likely to have had some kind of revolution or a coup uh, that forced you out of office compared to you know, like the 200 nations of the world in general. Wow. Um, and I think that we need to make clear to the dictators of China um, that they're not just violating someone's rights. They're taking a huge risk with their own future because God is sovereign um, and his history is that people who mistreat his children do not end up doing well. Um, some of them die happily in their beds, but a shockingly high number of them do not. Um, and uh, the regimes are much more likely to die. Um, every, every Arab Spring state that was overthrown was on the watch list. Um, so we've had a lot of regime change that's, that it tends to occur to those nations which persecute Christians. I see. Now, Jerry, uh, in 2000, I, I was in China with the Bible League, and uh, I saw firsthand uh, house churches. I, I worshipped late in the evening or in the morning, early in the morning with uh, persecuted Christians. So I saw it firsthand, and it moved me deeply. But now then, years later, I attended an event here locally in Pittsburgh with PRISM, Pittsburgh Regional International Student Ministries. And there were some Chinese um, members of the group uh, at this event that I attended. And so I started to talk to them about persecution of Christians in China. And, and I was shocked by their response because essentially they laughed at me. Uh, saying that what I was saying was folly, that it was not true. Now, to be honest, I don't know if these people that I were talking with, these Christian, these Chinese uh, p- people at, at Prism, were Christians or not. So maybe they weren't informed, but they said what I was saying was uh, against the mark. Yeah, well, you know, they probably suffered from state-controlled media as well. And there might have been a generational difference, right? There's the generation um, of Tiananmen Square, and then there's after, right? So probably depends on where they get their media, I see. Uh, you know, and um, what generation they are. Um, again, you two probably know this better than I do, uh, but I, I mean, I think there was um, some religious liberty, um, you know, that, I mean, China's historically a persecutor, but I think, you know, after the 1982, religious liberty increased, but now that's backsliding. Now there's a reversal. Um, and I think that we just need to understand that, you know, I've talked to some people who are kind of experts in economics who do a lot of business in China, and what they tell me is that evangelical Christians tend to be disproportionately entrepreneurial, part of the entrepreneurial mm. class. So here's the, here's the point. China's economy is clearly slowing down. Even they admit it, and they have a history of lying about their economic growth. So even they're acknowledging the slowdown. The market has been um, a consistent underperformer. Do you really want to be jailing and punishing some of your most economically productive people. No. I mean, the, the French monarchy did that, right, in the 1700s, uh, late 1600s, 1700s, dro- drove out the uh, Huguenots, who were evangelicals, who were entrepreneurial, and a lot of historians say that that flattened their economy so much, it made them so stagnant, that that set part of the stage for, you didn't have a middle class anymore, and that set the, set the stage for the French Revolution. So if 
if China is worried about revolution and instability, and they have reason to believe to be, every dictator has reason to be concerned about that. Sure. Then the answer is not to persecute Christians. The answer is to praise them and protect their rights, because attacking your most decent and productive citizens, um, and citizens who are aligned with the God of the universe, does not increase the stability of your regime. It increases the instability and the history of, I mean, you know, Nero, Diocletian, you know, Roman history is littered with people who persecuted the church and then lost their power. Uh, so um, this is something that, you know, uh, Xi Jinping is rumored to be a student of history. Okay, there's a little bit of history you need to study. Study the Roman persecution of Christianity and the emperors who persecuted the church and see what it did for them. So then, Jerry. Is it just Christianity, or is it other people of faith as well? Because is uh, Xi Jinping, is he just worried about losing power and the rise of Christianity where people praise Jesus Christ that would take the power away from the Chinese state? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what he's trying to do, I don't know. But I don't want to universalize this. I want to particularize it. I don't want to just say religious liberty, because there's two things going on when somebody persecutes the church. One is they're violating the principle of religious liberty. The other is they're attacking the true people of God. Um, and I think what we tend to do is we tend to kind of imminentize this and try to universalize it and say, well, all religious liberty and, you know, you need to respect religious liberty. Well, of course you do. Well, that means respecting the religious liberty of the Uyghurs, right, and every other religious group, Muslims, whoever, right? I, I get that. Um, but... I don't want to pretend like all religions are the same either. Here's the way I think of it. God made the world. He made reality. Reality reflects his nature. Christians are the people who are aligned with him, which means Christians are the people who are aligned with the true nature of reality. If you make war on Christians, you're not just making war on Christians. You're making war on the very nature of things. You're making war on the Logos himself, who holds all things together. And that is more disruptive than making war against, say, Muslims or Confucianists or any of the other groups. Now, I don't think they should persecute any religious group, because I think the image of God implies that we have certain inherent rights, including the right to religious liberty. But that's not all that's going on. When you, when you are killing Christians, you are showing that you're at war with the very mm-hmm. essence of reality itself. You are warring against the logos who holds all things together, mm-hmm. and that can't end well for you. Right, and it's our responsibility as people of faith to say that. Right. To warn. Instead instead of just making a broad humanitarian appeal to say, well, you need to respect everyone's liberty. Look, we've got people at Davos can do that. And we've got people at the United Nations who can do that. But we're spokesmen for Jesus. And and I think what we're saying uh, is has to be a little bit more Jesus centered, which is the people who the people who persecuted Jesus, Israel and Rome essentially were destroyed for having done that. Uh, the the, the um, I mean Jerusalem kind of gathered together and had Jesus murdered, and that city was gone within 40 years. Hmm. Um, and the emperors who persecuted the church were deposed, sometimes murdered, sometimes they were given a chance to commit suicide before they were murdered. So I want to stand up for the sovereignty of God and say to Xi Jinping, you better be careful, because you might be the head of the largest nation on earth, but there's somebody bigger than you. Um, Jesus is the big brother of the people that you're jailing, 
and he's noticing it, and you're on thin ice. Can you envision what it would be like if religious persecution was stripped away in China and China fully became uh, invested in a Christian future in their nation? What would that be like? How, and how, how would that revolutionize the country? It would be it wouldn't just revolutionize the country, it would revolutionize the world, just as the eventual conversion of Rome revolutionized the Western world. Um, and if we had the conversion of China, it would be one of the most important moments in global history, um, maybe even eclipsing all of history before it except for Jesus himself. Um, I mean, certainly it's important when the West converted, but most people don't live here. Most people live there. I mean, far and away, uh, you know, it's the largest population center. Uh, and I believe China will convert. The question, I think, for the Chinese leadership now is, are, do they want to be on God's side in history, or do they want to be against God's side in history? Um, that's, that's really, God's going to do what he's going to do. So if you get on board or you try to fight it, uh, you can kick against the goads um, like Paul tried to do. Now, Paul saw, okay, I'm not going to kick against the goads anymore, and he got on the right side of history. So China just has to decide how much they want to fight the inevitable power of God's kingdom. Uh, before he triumphs, um, or whether they want to reverse and convert and join that cause. We're talking to Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance. We need to step away. When we come back, we'll continue a conversation about China and about Pastor uh, Wang Yi, who was just uh, put in prison just a few months ago, the amazing letter he wrote. And it's surprisingly political. That's next. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Extreme Current truck in bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle got a new car protect your investment with tst rust remedy the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere and spray on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man call the extreme team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net 412-257-1006, 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience visit us at oneplaceradio.com indeed used by over three million businesses for hiring where business owners and hr professionals can post job openings with screener questions then sort review and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard 
Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to WordFM.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. As we start 2019, we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients, Grove City College. So thanks to everyone at GCC. John and I and everyone here at the Ride Home are grateful for your partnership. Very cold once again for tonight. Clouds will be increasing this evening. Then we'll see some snow developing later tonight that will continue into tomorrow morning, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. The low tonight, 3 degrees, but temperatures do rise later tonight. The high tomorrow, 22. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sun and not as cold with a high of 42. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Talking about the recent uptick in the deep and hard persecution of Christians in China. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry is the editor of Town Hall Finance. Hey, Jerry, we had uh, Esau McCauley on our show last week. We were talking about the history of the black church and its interaction with politics and the history of the white church and our interaction with politics. And he said something that was very thought provoking to me. I, I said something about how much, actually, John and I both said how much we appreciated the fact that our church that we go to. Um, is not a church that emphasizes politics, that we try to keep the, you know... Politics out of the pulpit. Right, religious and spiritual life. And he said, you know, you, in the black church, we've never had the liberty... The privilege. The privilege of separating our church from the system because our insistence on freedom and our belief in our freedom was at odds with law for so long and i thought well you know that that's really interesting i guess i'd never thought about that before so anyway it also made me think about a letter that pastor uh, wang yi wrote in uh, back in december of 2018 now he had been charged in china he's a he's a uh, pastor of one of china's largest house churches and he had been raided by police and it resulted in the arrest of more than 100 people including wang yi um, he'd been in, he'd been charged with inciting subversion of state power, a crime which could have resulted in a sentence of up to five years or 15 in extreme cases. Now, he'd been back and forth between China and the United States. He'd met with President George Bush in the White House about 10 years ago, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, but after he was taken away, and I do believe since then he has been released, but what's important about this is what he said in an open letter he wrote and he wrote it because he knew things were heating up and he wanted people to know what his statement of faith was in case he was taken away and in case he was never to return Mm. so he wrote something he calls my statement the disobedience of faith and i just want to read a little bit of this to you jerry and just kind of get your feeling your feedback on it he writes this According to the teachings of the Bible and the mission of the gospel, I respect the founding powers of God in China because the king of waste and the king of kings are all in God. To this end, I obey God's arrangement of Chinese history and institutions. And as a pastor of the Christian church, I have started and read in the Bible and have my own understanding and views on the social, political and legal field. What is justice and what is the governance of goodness? 
At the same time, I am full of disgust and hatred for our government's persecution of the church, the deprivation of human faith and the freedom of conscience. However, the change of all social and political systems is not the mission of my calling, nor the purpose of the gospel being given to the people of God. Because all the ugliness of reality, the political injustice, and the arbitrariness of the law show that the cross of Jesus is the only salvation that every Chinese must have. It also shows that true hope and perfect human society do not exist in any institutional and cultural changes on this earth, but simply how human sins are forgiven by Christ and have the hope of eternal life. As a pastor, my faith in the gospel and the teachings of the people and the blame for all sin are out of Christ's command in the gospel, out of the unmeasurable love of the king. Everyone's life is so short and God is so eager to command the church to lead and to call anyone willing to repent. Christ is urgent and willing to forgive all who turn from sin, and this is the purpose of all the work of the church in China. It is to witness Christ to the world, to witness the kingdom of heaven to China, and to witness the eternal life of heaven to this short life on earth. And this also is my pastoral call. One more paragraph. To this end, I accept and respect our government's regime as a temporary ruler allowed by God. As the Lord's servant John Calvin said, the ruler of evil is God's punishment for the wicked people, and the purpose is to urge the people of God to repent. So to this end, I am willing to obey their law enforcement behavior physically, as if obeying the Lord's discipline and training. But I also believe that the persecution of the church by the Chinese communist regime is an evil crime. As a pastor, I must sternly and openly blame such sins publicly. The calling also requires me to violate all human laws that violate the Bible and God in a nonviolent form in peace and patience. Christ, my Savior, also asks me to joyfully bear all the costs of transgressing evil laws. Amen. Now, the letter goes on and on. But, Jerry, first of all, your reaction. And second of all, this is someone who obviously is making a statement about Jesus and about politics at the same time. Absolutely, he is. And you can't speak truthfully about Jesus without inherently speaking about politics. Maybe you don't know you're doing it, um, but when you say Jesus is Lord, you're saying Caesar isn't. Um, and when you say Jesus is the Son of God, you're saying Mao isn't. Um, so it's, it's inherent in our faith. Now, evangelicals in the West, we've kind of gotten confused about that. Um, and we think that we kind of think of Christianity as a heart-only religion, or maybe heart plus family life plus church life. But if it's just that, then it's then it's nothing, because Jesus didn't just come for those things. Um, he said, "Disciple the nations." He is he's the Messiah. The Messiah is the King of the nations. He's not just satisfied with individuals. He came for nations. That's what the Messiah was to do. So if he's if he is the Messiah as he claims to be then he's not just bringing a personal gospel. Uh, my reaction to that letter is that this is a man who knew he would be arrested, who is gutsier than almost all Christians in the West who have almost no danger whatsoever of ever being arrested. Uh, all we have a danger of is a little bit of pushback on Twitter, uh, and we pull our punches. Because uh, he's, not, he's not appealing to universal religious liberty. He's not just appealing to sympathy. He is expressly saying that Jesus is the Lord, he is expressly saying that God is sovereign, that the government of China is there because God is allowing it for a time because it's part of his purpose. He says later, if you lock me up, I understand, but later angels will lock you up, and, Jesus, and you judge me, but later Christ will judge you. 
and we have lost that. Um, and it's amazing that a man whose skin is actually on the line uh, is so much bolder than we who, you know, really don't risk anything other than people saying, well, that sounds intolerant. Oh, I don't like the way you talk. Because Christians don't talk this way in the West for the most part. You look, I mean, you read even evangelical leaders who go out there and talk about politics, and it tends to be we just talk the same game as everybody else. We don't talk about Jesus as Lord. We just talk like another interest group. Like, well, okay, well, the liberals have this, or the gays have this right, but don't we have a right? That's just, that's, that's, that's not the strongest court of appeal there is. The strongest court of appeal is the sovereign God. And if we, and I would say that we are weak here because we're afraid and because we don't talk like the Bible does about the Lordship of Jesus. Right. So from a Chinese perspective in leadership, is it fear that prevents them from allowing Christians or is it economics or is it a combination of multiple things? I think you have a couple of things going on. I think that uh, President Xi is trying to create a cult of personality, which explains maybe why he has attacked the First Commandment as particularly being a problem. Uh, that I have no other gods before me. He's trying to recreate a Maoist-type statism. Um, so it's interesting. In some ways, Xi understands Christianity better mm-hmm. sometimes than I think we in the West do. He gets that it's a threat. You know, we talked about this um, you know, a, a month or so ago around Christmas. In some sense, Herod understood right. the birth of the Christ better than we do, because we, as modern Christians, sentimentalize the birth of Christ, whereas Herod understood that if the Messiah has come into the world, he's in big trouble, unless he repents, of course. Um, and I think that dictators often understand the political implications of Christianity better than sentimental or pietistic Christians. So he gets that Jesus is a rival power. Um, but what's so impressive about Pastor Wang Yi is that he, he's saying it. You know, what did Jesus say to Pilate? You're not respecting my rights. It's not fair. It's not Roman law. I'm a good guy. Hey, there's other people who you're not persecuting, but why are you persecuting? No, he said you would have no power unless it were given from above. He instructed when, 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 when there was a question asked, you know, people have often said, why is Jesus silent when he's before Pilate? Why doesn't he say anything? Why doesn't he offer a defense? And I can tell you what I think is because it wasn't his trial. That was Pilate's trial. Jesus was, we think of Jesus as the defendant. I don't think that's really what's going on. I think Jesus is the judge and Pilate is the defendant. Um, and Pilate was found unworthy and guilty uh, and lost his power and lost his reputation, eventually uh, died in exile. Uh, so it's not that Jesus was afraid to speak. It's that as the judge, it was Jesus' job to listen to Pilate and see whether Pilate would condemn himself with his words, which he did. Jerry Boyer is with us. We're talking about the persecution of Christians in China. We need to step away for a minute, but please stay with us. Jerry will as well. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Does what you think affect how you live? Listen to Adrian Rogers. When you were born again, you were born to win. God did not save you for a defeated life. God's plan for you, precious friend, is victory. 
and he has a plan for you for victory in your thought life. Tune in to learn about how to change your thought life this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two go-anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. JustPayHalfPittsburgh.com is the best place to find half-off deals for restaurants events and more right now text jph radio to 21777 and receive an additional 20 percent off your first purchase that's jph radio to 21777 text and data rates may apply if you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when god scripture and prayer are removed from the classroom well wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net pittsburghchristianschools.net At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. (laughs) Is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't wait. Maybe some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Christians in China are scared, but they have Jesus. Jerry Boyer is with us from Town Hall Finance. He's talking about Christian persecution in China. Jerry, going back to the letter from Pastor Wang Yi uh, from the Early Rain Covenant Church in China, who was detained earlier this year uh, because of his expressions of faith, I read a little bit, if you're just joining us, of this letter earlier in our segment with Jerry. And I want to read one more paragraph to you, Jerry, and get um, get your feedback on this. Um, he says this. It is precisely because of all my words and deeds that I do not seek and expect any change at the social and political level. I am no longer afraid of all social and political powers. 
because the Bible teaches that God's authority to set up the government is to fear the people who are evil, not to fear the good. Those who believe in Jesus do not do evil, and they should not fear the power of darkness. Although I am often weak, I believe that this is the promise of the gospel. It is the good news that I have tried my best to spread in the Chinese society. But I also understand that this is precisely the reason why the Chinese communist regime is full of fear for a church that no longer fears it. Mm. Your comments? Well, I, I, I have so many. I mean, I can tell you what popped into my head when I was hearing that. I think about the election of 2016 here in the United States, where Christians were filled with fear. Now, I know this is a sensitive area, right, because some Christians went for Trump and some didn't. I'm, I'm not going to say what, you know, what was the right decision. Um, I don't know what, for sure what was the right decision. But I know the way we were thinking and the way we were talking was basically something along the lines of, we are done. We've got to do something. We need anybody who will stand up for us because, you know, Christianity right. is going to be wiped out in America if Hillary wins. And so any moral compromise is justified because we have to win. You know, anyone who will fight for us, you know, that's who we have to get behind. Um, there was a kind of sense of desperation. Now, that's different than saying something like, Donald Trump in the providence of God has, has arisen, and although he is flawed, uh, we think he's the worst of the two evils, and we're going to vote for him. But that's not what I was hearing for the most part. I was hearing us terrified, so terrified of the prospect of Hillary Clinton that we were willing to defend any kind of behavior and any kind of language um, in order to get comfortable with where we were going. And you think about that because we didn't – I mean how much persecution did we have? Yeah, there's some, but not a lot. You have massive persecution in China, and they're bolder than we are. Yeah. Um, and the, the kind of spirit of fear – do you know what I'm talking about? I mean I, I didn't oh, yeah, imagine of course. this, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah, we, we still we still we still have it today. You know, we had it during the you know the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. You know, if, if Kavanaugh is not put on the Supreme Court, it's the end of Christianity. We're going to hear it again in this election, especially now that we've seen you know the what the leftist perspective has been on abortion in New York and Virginia. This is going to heat up, and you know, I think there's reality in recognizing where we are culturally, but whether we subscribe to fear as a result of it, that's really the question. It really is, and there's a certain hysteria that's almost like get out the vote uh, language or fundraising language, which becomes our conversation. Um, and I just want to point out, look at look at how this man who actually got arrested and knew he would be arrested, look at the boldness with which he, he spoke, and uncompromising mm -hmm. about it. It's not, well, we got to kind of get along, and, you know, he was uncompromising about the lordship of Christ. I don't... We don't talk that way. When is the last time you watched a prominent evangelical leader on television make an appeal to the authority of Jesus Christ? Not saying, I'm a Christian, therefore I have my rights, but saying that Jesus is sovereign over the nations and you need to do what he says, because someday he will judge you. I don't hear, I don't hear us talking that way. It's how Jesus talked, it's how Paul talked, it's how Christians throughout history talked, and it's how Christians in China talk. But for some reason, we're so afraid, although we face much less risk than these people, to talk that way. Hmm. We're comfortable in our comfort, right? So uh, everything else is not that big of a deal because, well, I've got my Netflix. Yeah, right. And I can't bear to be thought of as being, what, backwards or exclusive or something like that. Look, if you don't want if, – if, when you decided to become a Christian, you decided to become exclusive. You got married to Jesus. You don't date any other gods or value systems or worldviews. 
um, and natural law or, you know, or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever our rights language is, um, is a different system. The, the reason that we have our, our liberties is because Jesus gave them to us. God gave them to us. Without him, we don't have them. Any appeal to liberty that doesn't have God as the basis is an empty appeal to liberty. Um, and deep down we know that, but yet we still try to talk like everybody else talks. Right. And, and, and Wang, you know, you look, look at our evangelical leaders today. Look at the whole lot of them. Some of them are better than, than others. I think that 500 years from now, when the history of the world is written, the best of us will be, and I'm, I don't put us in that, the best of us will be footnotes and there will be chapters about men like Wang Yi, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because because they because their courage is what drives history. So how does this play out, Jerry? This cult of personality that is again taking shape in China. I mean, um, men die, uh, right? Periods pass. Is there any hope? Of course, there is. I mean, I'm, I'm answering my own question here, but th- there is hope that, of course, Christ will reign in China and throughout the world. Well, yes. I mean, he told his disciples to disciple the nations, so I don't think he'd give us a job we can't do. Yeah. Um, so I believe that, that China will be discipled. So the question for the Chinese leadership is, will it be over their dead bodies or not? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, they ought to go along with the program, because the sovereign program of God, who they knew, they know deep down, Shang-Ti, Shang-Ti, right? I mean, you know, thousands of years ago, they were offering sacrifices very much like the Levitical sacrifices. They once knew the true God. They, they wouldn't be embracing a Western God. They'd be embracing the true God at the heart of China because they're descended from Noah, too. They have roots in, in the true covenant God, um, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they would be coming back to themselves. They wouldn't be betraying themselves. Maoism is a betrayal of the true nature of China. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who they knew as Shang-Ti, is the God who knows them better than they know them mm-hmm. themselves, who, who is closer to them even than they are to themselves. So the way for them to be fully Chinese is to embrace that Jesus, who is a man of the East and the West and the North and the South. He's not a white, he's not an American, he's not a Western God. Uh, he is the God of all humanity who brings together East and West, North and South. He, he, can, he can restore China to its true destiny. Amen. That's Jerry Boyer. Jerry is the editor of Town Hall Finance. All the information about Jerry, you can find us on our webpage, johnandkathyshow.com. Thank you, Jerry. God bless you both. If you take a look around your hometown, you might notice that there seems to be a mattress store on every corner, each with a different sale every weekend. Where do you start? And how do you know if you're actually getting a good value? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, what you see is what you get. You'll find our hand-built, high-quality mattresses at the same great price every day. Stop by one of our local factories or stores to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference. Great beds, no bull. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. 
Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. You own a local business, and your national competition is eating your lunch. But you can beat them with our digital marketing experts. We're Salem Surround. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM discount shopping club know in our club you save as much as half that's right 50 percent on gift certificates and items from local restaurants health services and much more all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and i'll see you at the club thank you the birds toppings a bag very nice. So we started the show off, and we didn't plan this, but somehow we got on the topic of that I was on Amazon, and I thought, I would like to feed the birds. I'd like, I'd like to have a bird feeder in my yard. <laughs> and I, it'd be kind of nice, you know, to have, like, you know, the seed and to watch the birds. And, it would, you know, I'm, like, hungry for springtime. Mm-hmm. So this is my sort of ode to please come spring. I'll feed the birds. It's like a cross between... Norman Rockwell and the Audubon Society. Maybe so. But then, of course, as, as often the case, I was mocked roundly by Kath and You were cautioned. Cautioned? You were cautioned, I was yeah. chastised, no, I would cautioned. say. Well, because you said... Scoffed at. Right off the bat, that you would forget several days to feed them I and, just, that you, and that you were sure the birds would be fine. I was just saying it's, it's a fear of mine. Fear of mine, that's all. Now, Kim chimed in on Facebook. She said, hey, John... You'll love seeing the birds. Get a squirrel bluffer, and you won't have problems with squirrels or rats. I've been feeding birds every day since 1992. Oh, it's a great feeling. Go for it. Okay, nice, but, Kim. Thanks. Okay, but what's the difference between you and Kim? What are you talking about? Kim said that she's fed the birds every day since 1992. You admitted before you even bought the birdhouse that you're not going to do that. I didn't say that. You did. Yeah, you I said did. I had a fear that I might. No, he, he definitely, definitely wasn't did. going I, no, to. No, no, I did not say that. Yeah, no, no, I th- no, I think no. We need to that the is tape. not true. No, I, think no, that's I just, true. you know, stepping into something new. Of course, I'm looking at it from all these different angles. Will I be consistent? And I, you know, I believe that I will be, but I didn't want to 
you know, fail the birds. It's somehow all the birds, you know, I go out some down in my yard and there's like, you know, 30 bird skeletons lying on the ground. Mm-hmm. They've been famined by John Hall. I mean, I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying that if you're going to go into it, <laughs> you can't go into it already acknowledging that you're not going to follow through. No, I'm anticipating a weakness and hoping I would rise above that. Oh, okay. That's all. Well, we hope you would rise above it too, just on, you know, on behalf of the birds. All right. <laughs> Holy smokes. Wait, while, while we're on Facebook, Lindsay yesterday, and I missed this, she said, did John wear a coat today? Did you wear a coat yesterday? I did, and I'm wearing a coat today as well. Yeah, I, I will say, though, and I'm, I'm saying this out of concern for you. Yes. Neither one, you're wearing two coats and neither one of them are heavy. They're fine, and I'm also wearing a scarf as well. I'm more than fine. Okay, I was concerned when we left last night. No, no, no. Holy heck, you look like you were like Nanook of the North. John Hall Fashion Rules. Hey, wear two coats, better than one, and a scarf. See you on the flip side of the 5 o'clock hour. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Negotiations over border security and avoiding another government shutdown are going on, but the leaders seem unwilling to compromise their positions. If House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's comments are true, whatever deal is worked out will not contain funding for a border wall. There's not going to be any wall money in the, in, the, in the legislation. While President Trump says the administration's already building sections of the wall because he knows a bipartisan congressional committee won't approve new money for construction. I'm not waiting for this committee. And I've told a lot of people I don't expect much coming out of the committee because I keep hearing the words that we'll give you what you want, but we're not going to give you a wall. And the problem is if they don't give us a wall, it doesn't work. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 15 points to 24,999, but the Nasdaq rose 99, the S&P up by 23, and oil down 44 cents to $53.79 a barrel. This is SRN News. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. Have you ever used the excuse the devil made me do it well you may be right i'm screw tape demon extraordinaire and star of the screw tape letters the wildly popular stage adaptation of the best-selling novel by c.s lewis in it i teach young wormwood the art of temptation a wickedly witty portrait of spiritual warfare and how demons like me influence your everyday life But don't take my word for it. After all, why should you trust me? The Associated Press calls C.S. Lewis the Screwtape Letter.
letters devilishly funny. Lewis's insights still resonate. Christianity Today says it's a profound experience, and the National Review calls it pure genius. See C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. Get your tickets today. The Screwtape Letters, coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 16th. Great deals for groups, too. For tickets, go to fpatheater.com. That's fpatheater.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith on Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Featuring a lecture by professor and author Herbert R. Marbury. The title of Dr. Marbury's lecture is Sacred Texts and Contested Canons, a Biblical Witness in Polarized Times. The lecture is open to the public and admission is free. The 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith, Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Details at pts.edu. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Very cold once again for tonight. Clouds will be increasing this evening. Then we'll see some snow developing later tonight that will continue into tomorrow morning, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. The low tonight, 3 degrees, but temperatures do rise later tonight. The high tomorrow, 22. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sun and not as cold with a high of 42. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for the 5 o'clock hour. Look at this. I mean, if spring is not coming, this harbinger of spring, this gorgeous blue sky right now, it's 5 after 5. I'm super excited because it's the last day of January. We've weathered, I think, the worst of it. We've got what? We've got less than what 50... 50 days? Maybe closer to 60 days. Wait, 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 wait. Our boss sent us something today, didn't he? Uh, Oh, yeah. He gave us a little little countdown. Where is that? I think it was 55 days he did, right? Uh, No, 47 days. Oh. 47 days until... What's it? Oh, yeah. 47 days. Spring arrives on March 20th. Yeah, very nice. Listen, I... Don't mind 11 11 degrees. degrees? Listen, nice. I got out of my car when I came here today. Yeah. It was 11 degrees according to the thermostat on my car. Mm-hmm. I got out and I thought, it's not too bad. Not too Listen, bad. I was out last night. I was walking to my car at 9 p.m. That's one of the coldest nights I have ever been out in. It was rough. It was so yeah, it's cold. cold last yeah. night. The wind blew. I seriously, it was Pain. Walking from the building to the car was actual pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So today, 11 degrees? Piece like, of cake. <laughs> yeah. Kidding me? You know, I was, uh, the, the uh, trash guys broke my uh, recycle uh, can because it was so cold. I guess they, you know, they it, like, threw it. Yeah, and they, they threw it on the ground. And I was complaining. Oh, the trash guys broke. I'm thinking, John, 
be quiet. Yeah, because you work inside. All I did was pick it up and bring it you know, back into its spot. And those guys were out there all day long. Brrr. Those poor guys. How about there was a fire today, a big, like, big multiple, multiple alarm fire. And, geez, oh, man, those guys out there. Those God firemen. bless them. God, God bless, bless them, them. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you, John, about quitting a job. Not this job, <laughs> but a job. I'm not leaving unless they force me out of here right now. I saw an article in CNBC today about quitting. It says it can be stressful, but how you do it can heavily impact your career in the future. Mm-hmm. And so it talks about the six worst ways, the six worst ways that you could quit a job. Yeah. Okay. Have you, you done that? Have you ever quit a job? Of course you have. Yes, of yeah. course. I quit a job. I mean, if you have any number of jobs, and you and I have talked about this, we've, we've had multiple jobs. Have you ever been fired from a job? No, I've never been fired. Never. I was never fired from a job until I moved to New York City, and then in quick, quick succession, <laughs> the wheels sort of fell off there. Uh, <laughs> took me a while to, you know, sure. wipe myself. Okay, so have you ever quit a job poorly? Oh yes, yes. I, I, but to be fair, the story I'm about to tell you, I was in high school, but I, I, I remember this really clearly. All right, I was working. <laughs> I was working selling appliances at Kmart. Locally? In Monroeville. The old Kmart in Monroeville. Why someone would hire me at the tender age of 17? You probably didn't know one appliance from another. I had no clue. I had no clue. And they put me on the floor there. You know, I was. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Refrigerator. Someone approached me about a refrigerator. I mean, are you kidding me? I was. I could talk about the ice cube tray or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. Anyway, I despised the job. I just, I was miserable in the job. And I thought, this, why would I do retail? And I was alone on the floor one Saturday afternoon. And now you know this from being with me. I, I get like, you know, in despair. Really? <laughs> John, Mike, can you believe that? I mean, Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> John so, in despair? I mean, I was what? in this, at 17, I was in despair. And I finally just said to myself, I've had enough. And so I felt bad. I felt guilty. So I wrote a note to the person who hired me. And of course, it was a Saturday and they weren't there. So I slipped the note under the office door upstairs, the second floor of the old Kmart there, and apologized for my my you know poor way of leaving and i literally just walked out of the store really was it was your shift over no <gasps> now want to make matters worse my parents showed up to visit me cuz they you know wanted to see me you know in action <laughs> 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 and there was oh. no action because I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Because you'd already quit. Uh-huh. And I, I thumbed <laughs> home. I, instead of taking a bus there, I didn't have a car. I thumbed home from Monroeville. And uh, I, I walked in the kitchen and my mom was like, what are you doing? And I told her what I did and she was like, oh, she shook. Oh, I'll never forget it. Johnny, I'm so disappointed in you. I mean, why would you? We've raised you better than this. I mean, that is such a poor excuse to do that. You really, you should owe an apology. Oh, you should go back painful. there. Oh, it was really brutal. Yeah. So I was a punk. Hmm. But I, I, that was the one and only time I quit a job poorly. I think I did a worse job. Oh, tell me, please. I think I did. I mean, yours is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I will admit, but I, but I do floor. believe this is, this might be worse because uh, and I was older than you mm-hmm. at the time. So I should have known better. 
but I had I had been working in a job for a while with a boss that I really liked and he and I got along really really well and then he had a bad temper which I had seen him unleash on other people but he'd never unleashed it on me until one day when he did and it was very ugly Cataclysmic. and I was extremely agitated angry mm. and hurt and hurt but but very angry so I decided at that point that I was going to go back to school and go into a different career. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so the, the so this was a long. I mean, he made me angry that day, and then I was like, okay, I, I'm leaving this job, but I needed to have something ready to go first. Yeah. So, I went back to school, and I went to school for an entire year at night. I doubled up on credits, so I I I only had weekends off for an entire year. Wow. I went to school at night, and I kept it from him. Really. It was a secret. And he and I worked together very closely, but I kept it from him. <laughs> and the day I graduated, I sent him an email, turned in my notice, and gave him four days, and I was out. Ooh, wow. How long, how long was, was that? So, that was a year and a half. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. And when I left, I left things in great disrepair. Mm. Now, not that I hadn't been doing my job, but... The way what, the, what my job was required a lot more than four days' notice for someone else to come in and pick it up. Oh, so you left them holding. Oh, oh did I leave them? Mm. I mean, and I, I just I sent an email. I didn't care. Oh. I was it was absolutely the wrong thing to do because first off, it was an atrocious example of a Christian witness yeah. in the world. Right. Atrocious example. Yeah. Okay. Second of all. I thought to myself that it would really make a splash and change things. Yeah. So he would become a different person. Everybody would recognize, wow, that must have been really bad. She really put up with a lot of that. And now we're going to realize that nobody cared. No. Nobody cared. Who's up next? He didn't change. No. Nobody else probably spent more than eight seconds thinking about me and what happened. They were like, oh, so Kathy left and, you know, okay, yeah. we've got to hire somebody else. Literally, it made no impact at all mm. so Nothing. all that time that year and a half that you were planning to exit and you I, had this grand strategy i'm going to show those guys and yep. they're going to be suffering and they're yep. going to change their ways and yep. everything's going to be different mm-hmm. nothing nothing mm-hmm. absolutely because i had completely overinflated my own importance of course you did yeah <laughs> Now, fortunately, I ended up in another great job, and I was very glad I did it, and I was very glad I went back to school and all of that. But that was just God redeeming my own like mm-hmm. selfish, you know, right. self righteousness, hubris. Yeah, right, right. It was a horrible way to it's quit a, bad, a job. Bad, horrible. Bad story. I mean, that was a long time ago. I still feel badly about it. See, uh, like my Kmart job, yeah, you feel bad about it because you didn't. Mike, did you quit badly? I've never quit. I've You've never, never. No. Well, you've been I've, fired. I've never been fired either. What do you I mean? Said to you him, look, at, look at his little perfect. I, wait a second! Life. If Listen, you didn't quit or you didn't f- get fired, what did you do? Neither. I, I've never what gotten. I never quit, and I've never gotten fired before. I, I, well, you've had jobs there were, before. There, there had were to be times. S- there were times where I wanted to quit, but I was just. I felt too. I felt too bad to. I, I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't well, want to just let anybody down. So what? So when you left the job, you just what? You gave them appropriate notice, and I you, gave them a two weeks notice. Yeah. I would always give a two oh, weeks notice. Goody two I'm a millennial. Millennials do that. You know? Oh, get out of here! Don't even start defending your give, age group you know, now. They always give two weeks. We know notices. about you guys in mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well. No, yeah, no, everything's fine. Hey, listen, I quit. 
<laughs> yeah, quitting your job. Mm-hmm. All right, well. It's ugly. Anyway, the article, can I tell you what it says, the, the, the yeah, things yeah. that are really bad? These are the six worst ways you can quit. Please. Being indecisive. Some people use quitting as a bargaining tool. Oh. Like, I'll leave if you don't. That's not oh, good. Oh, that's not good. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. you show your hand, you're, you're dead already. How about this? Telling your coworkers first. <laughs> oh, forget oh, it. That oh, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to leave. Don't tell anyone, okay? Number three, giving short notice. Uh-huh. There it is. That's me. Right, right. That's me. Mm-hmm. Number four, leaving your network dry. What? Your, your network is your net worth. It's important to keep it active and robust. So before or on your last day, make sure you send an email to your entire team, including your boss and everyone on the executive level, and summarize how you've grown and why you valued your time there. Don't use any constructive feedback at that point. Just leave everything in good terms. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Did you do that? At Kmart? Yeah. No. No, I didn't No, either. I was not you know, a dumb kid. How about number five, bragging about your new job? Oh man! I wanted to do that. I actually what? remember thinking about doing that as I was, you know, leaving my fiery really? email, but I didn't. Number six, bad mouthing the company. Mm, don't do that. Even mm. long after you've quit, no. It says don't say anything bad about your former. Don't you? Employer. You want to leave on good terms there, right? Down the road, things are going to come back to you again. Did you ever say anything bad about Kmart? No, no, no. I just. Are you the reason Kmart's folded? No, but you know what? What I I did do though one time. I remember, like you know, a year later, I went back to Kmart and kind of stood like you know back by the toy aisle behind like you know a little kiosk and looked at my old workspace and I was like, oh look, there's those guys. There they are over there, <laughs> and I felt bad. That's all. Uh, you know how long ago it was? I'll tell you how long ago it was. They sold quadraphonic stereo. <laughs> <laughs> and eight track tapes probably yeah yeah and i used to go and like you know during the break i'd go get like a frozen coke and a pretzel man i thought i was cool <laughs> okay so the bottom line is don't, don't quit. quit your job don't badly. quit that way badly yeah. all right coming up next tonight at 9 p.m streaming a group called better angels is going to deliver its inaugural state of the union address and they're going to demonstrate what it looks like when people who strongly disagree actually can talk about it that's next 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. Paul is talking about unity. It's the unity that comes when you recognize sin, not glamorize it. It's the unity that will come when you repent of sin, not winking at it. It's the unity that will come from rejecting sin, not loving it. It's the unity that comes from forsaking sin, not accepting it. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher mortgage payments. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates so you can buy a home with certainty. It's called Rate Shield, and here's how it works. With Rate Shield, you can lock your interest rate while you shop for a new home. So if rates go up, you don't have to worry. And here's the best part. If rates go down, you get the lower rate. With Rate Shield, we really have you covered. Here are more reasons why you'll want to work with America's largest mortgage lender. For nine years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the fifth year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Rate Shield. 
Another way we can save you money on your mortgage. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Based on Rocket Mortgage data in comparison to public data records, Rachel approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day, with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Hi, I'm Mike Ditcher. On the field, they called me Iron Mike. But some days, even Iron Mike can feel a little rusty. So I turned to Blue Emu. Blue Emu's non-greasy, deep-penetrating formula gets down deep for big-time comfort. And more importantly, it doesn't leave me smelling like a locker room. Now, do you excuse me? I have some yelling to do. You hit like old men. Blue Emu. It works fast and you won't stink. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. April Lawson's back with us. April is the Associate Director of Weave, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. Hey, April, thanks for coming along today. How are you? Great. Good to talk to you. How are you? Real good. We're, we're chilly here, but we're, things are looking up. <laughs> April, have, have, you ever quit, have you ever quit a job badly? <laughs> um, well, it depends how you define badly. I, um, I once quit a job uh, by... I, what I did is I went to get a new job because it was the only way I, I knew to get out of my original job because I just couldn't stand my boss. But I will say I've never done the like, you know, I quit and storm out. Have you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, it was a total well, mistake. Really? Wow. Yeah. I yeah. just I didn't even do that. I just kind of slunked away. Yeah. He didn't even he didn't even storm out. He just left. <laughs> and I went out in a blaze of glory thinking yeah. that I was going to like I was some social justice pioneer. Right. No, but and th- nobody even mm-hmm. like. Gave a care. You know, I, no, but to be fair, right. April, I, I slunk away from the appliance uh, department at Kmart when I was 17. So it wasn't like, you know. And I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about the organization that I quit on because right. it's just, it's too sensitive. April, right. we need to put you on hold for just a sec. Okay, hold on. But, okay, while well, we put April on hold and fix the audio problems that we're having. Uh, we're going to talk to April about Better Angels, which is hosting a historic State of the Union event in Washington, D.C., which will be live streamed across the country. So tonight at 9 p.m. 
PM, an organization called Better Angels is going to deliver its inaugural State of the Union address to highlight what they're calling a new path forward for America, one that builds on what unites us and not what divides us. April, are you back? I am. Okay, oh, much great. better, yeah. All you. right, so tell us about Better Angels. What is this organization? Hmm. Better Angels uh, was started um, around the time of the 2016 election, and what happened is they, they want to uh, heal the divide in America, the political divide. And, um, you know, not necessarily <laughs> – it'd be great to do it at the, at the government level with actual politicians, but the problem is really in the citizenry. Like, it's in um, our country and the fact that people can't talk to their neighbors, often sometimes even their family members. And so Better Angels got started when um, – its current president, uh, David Blankenhorn, was in New York uh, the day after the 2016 election, and he called his uh, friend David Lapp, who lives in Ohio, and said, you know, how are things doing? And it's like a morgue up here. And, and the guy in Ohio said, you know, here people are talking about hope and change. And I've got friends on both sides of this, and they just hate each other right now. Mm-hmm. And isn't there some way that we could bring people together and see if we can have a conversation? And so they... Um, <laughs> Actually, what they did is they called a family therapist, Bill Doherty, um, and said, you know, we don't know how to do this conversation, but we think it's really important. And so all together they worked on um, creating a model. And so they've now hosted over 300 workshops around the country just guiding people through, like, how do you how do you engage um, wow. over this really tense divide? Nice. Yeah. So they're the, in all 50 states. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's that look like then? 300 workshops, and they're bringing in people from disparate points of view, socially, politically, economically, all together in one room? Right. Right. Yeah. So the way it works um, is that they have uh, you um, – uh, so actually it was interesting because after the first workshop they did a – a show on uh, NPR, one of the local NPR stations in Minnesota. And then they started getting phone calls from people all over the country saying, you know, you have to come to my town and do this. We really need this. And the way that it works is that you get a, about half reds. They call them reds and blues. So people who tend to lean conservative or vote Republican, people who tend to lean Democratic um, or, or liberal. And uh, you get about half of each, so maybe seven or so people of each color, and then uh, they all get together in a church basement or something. And um, there are a couple different exercises. The first one is actually the most interesting to me in some ways. And, and what it is is a, um, it's a stereotypes exercise. And so the, the reds all get together and the blues all get together. And each side talks about the labels they feel like are thrown at them. So, you know, for reds, it's almost always racist, you know, anti-immigrant, um, sexist, that kind of thing. For blues, it's usually... It can be like baby killer or, um, you know, loose with money or any number of things. And, and then they share, they're, they're encouraged to come up with like, what is, so why do you think this is unfair? And then is there a grain of truth in it? And then they share with each other. And the neat thing is that, um, you know, people, it causes people to do a little bit of self-reflection. And, um, and also they say all the worst stuff before anybody throws it at them. Um, and then they, after that, they can get into, well, what do you think is good about your party? Why do you support it? And, and more listening exercises. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love it so much. I can't get over how much I love it. <laughs> have you, have, yeah, have you been part of this yeah. April? Have you been part of a, one of these programs? I have. Yeah. I have. So I, like I said, I, um, uh, a little earlier, I, um, I'm on their board now, but I got, um, 
connected with them very early in the process, and they actually did a bus tour around the country that I went on to report on it. And anyway, it's um, I at one point was part of one of the, the the workshops, and it's just interesting because you know I'm sort of a journalist, so I think of myself as like able to be abstract and objective and whatever. Yeah. But boy, like. When you ask people to really talk about why they believe what they believe, it gets emotional. I bet um, it does. But it's a very positive experience. Uh, but it's, yeah, real real emotions show up. So do you people come in one way and the hope is they exit another? You know, that's interesting. The answer is no. Um, the, the One of the things that um, is different about Better Angels from a lot of organizations like this is they're actually not trying to change people's minds. You can walk in and walk out with the same views. You just what they're trying to change is how people look at the people on the other side. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the and the, the data shows that um, one of the problems with polarization right now is that people have started to see the other side as evil, um, yeah. not as like bad character, not just as incorrect, right? So, but evil, and and that's a big thing. I mean, if you're looking at the other side and saying those people are evil, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there. Right. Well, and there's no common project. You know, there's no, we're all trying to help America. We just have different approaches. None of that. And the statistic, which um, I'm, you might you might have heard that I find most striking on this is that uh, the number of parents who don't want their kids to marry somebody of the opposite party has skyrocketed. So it used to be like 4 or 5% on both sides. And now it's like 30 or 40% on both sides. Mm-hmm. And actually, if I'm honest, that's true in my family, I think. Like, I... Um, Boy, my parents would really. They, the the guy could be a different religion. He could be a different color. He could be anything, but just not somebody from the other party. Really? So this would be like, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh no! Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Okay. So then tonight. Yeah. Tell us about tonight. Yeah. So Better Angels is doing is doing its own State of the Union address, and it's um, at eight thirty. The address actually starts at nine, and it's live streamed at um, better-angels.org, which is their website. And they just are going to have a serious, they're going to do, you know, a speech and some, some conversations about what it, what would it actually look like if we talked about the state of our union, not the state of the divide, not the state of all the things that, that are terrible and need to be changed, but just like the state of, of our union. And the truth is, there's really like, there's a lot to be said about that, that we almost never talk about. Um, and it's it's cool because they're going to have about a hundred people. It's in Virginia. It's about it's uh, half of the folks there will be reds and half of them will be blues. And um, I just think that the uh, the message is strong. Uh, there's one other piece of it that I I would add too, which is that one of the things I've liked about this organization the whole time is that um, they really the president David Blankhorn constantly says this is about us. You know, people love to blame the politicians. They love to blame the media, and it's not that. It's not that those groups don't bear responsibility, but it really is. It's our job to fix it. And, you know, if we don't, it's not clear that anyone else will. And so there's a strong emphasis on, you know, we can come together directly. This is wonderful. Better-angels.org. 8.30, the live stream goes up. 9 o'clock, the State of the Union gets underway. Right. So how does the State of the Union work? So David, uh, the Better Angels president, David Blankenthorn, is going to deliver the State of the Union address at 9. So will he deliver it because he, in from the Republican position, because that's what the president is, and then there'll be a Democratic response? Ah, interesting question. So, um, no, he's going to talk about... Uh, all the incredible work that's being do it, being done 
to help people come together. And it's it's really amazing. I've I found this just partly from my my work at Aspen too. That like there is this raft of institutions that have started up. Um, little organizations, big ones, to, to try to address this problem. And it's on a scale that we haven't seen in a long time. And so he's going to talk about, you know, the fact that actually there's a lot of good stuff that's happening. Um, we okay. will also have, there will also be um, some red-blue pairs. So, for example, there's a guy named Kuyar in Ohio who met um, a guy named Greg at a Better Angels workshop. And Kuyar is a Muslim immigrant, and Greg, like, could not be a stronger Trump supporter. But they've actually become friends. And, like, they... Kuyar visited Greg's church. Greg came to Kuyar's mosque. Like they've really taken this seriously and, and have a friendship now. And wow. so there will be some of those folks uh, talking as well. Excellent. So in this time of deep despair, I think everyone's wringing their hands and thinking, oh, no, what's mm-hmm. next? This is a, a, mm-hmm. a small sliver of bright light. This is wonderful. Absolutely. And what I would say is just, you know, the the – the real State of the Union, the official one's going to be next Tuesday, right? And this is something to watch sort of in preparation for that because uh, – and, and as a palate cleanser from the shutdown. And it's just um, – yeah, it's a good counterbalance. Very nice. The organization is called Better Angels, named by uh, – named from an Abraham Lincoln quote, 1861. Mm-hmm. Let me read it. Abraham Lincoln said, We are not enemies but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have been strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will yet swell the chorus of the union when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. April Lawson, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Kudos to better angels. I'm going to tune in. Better hashtag angels.org. Gets underway 8.30, starts at 9 o'clock this evening. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, veggie.
vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith on Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Featuring a lecture by professor and author Herbert R. Marbury. The title of Dr. Marbury's lecture is Sacred Texts and Contested Canons, a Biblical Witness in Polarized Times. The lecture is open to the public and admission is free. The 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith, Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Details at pts.edu. From SkyPass Entertainment comes the least of these, the Graham Stain story. When speculation mounts that a local missionary is converting locals to Christianity in India, a journalist must choose between his own ambition and the truth. We can't make any mistakes. I know. We must pray. Based on the incredible true story, the least of these, the Graham Stain story, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters February 1st with a special sneak peek Thursday, January 31st. For theaters and tickets, go to the least of these dot movie. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app. The app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode. With easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Very cold once again for tonight. Clouds will be increasing this evening. Then we'll see some snow developing later tonight that will continue into tomorrow morning, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. The low tonight, 3 degrees, but temperatures do rise later tonight. The high tomorrow, 22. Saturday, a mixture of clouds and sun and not as cold with a high of 42. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We read an article in today's New York Times, and the headline is Raising Children Without the Concept of Sin. Uh, Julia Shears is the uh, the author, and she tells a story. That is tragic. It is tragic. It talks about growing up. You know, this is a story you hear often if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, of people growing up in a very tight, very restrictive, often angry home. And the children are not allowed to venture outside into the world. They are held, you know, in the confines of uh, what the author is saying, a very uh, brutal church life. She said, the notion, the notion of sin dominated my girlhood. Raised in Indiana by fundamentalist parents, sin was the inflexible yardstick by which I was measured. Actions, words, even thoughts weren't safe from scrutiny. The list of sinful offenses seemed infinite. Listening to secular music or watching secular television, saying gosh or darn or geez, questioning authorities, envying a friend's rainbow array of Izod shirts. God was a megaphone bleeding in my head. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad. I had reoccurring nightmares of malvolient wind tornadoing through my bedroom, a metaphor I now realize for an invisible and vindictive God. So growing up this way, of course you would often flee from 
the God of the universe, from our Jesus. It breaks your heart that people are raised this way. And of course, for many people, the response is, I will never raise my children in these restrictive tones. And instead, I'll allow my children to find their own true self, which essentially is what the author is saying happened to her own children. She said, I lost my faith by fits and starts. The absolute truth of my girlhood crumbled when I watched Carl Sagan's 13-part Cosmos series in graduate school, a program that included an overview of evolution which made it verboten for me as a kid, but whose logic made irrefutable sense to me as an adult. And she says, although I no longer have contact with my parents and live a very different life, we do have this in common. Just as my parents' approach to imparting their values was shaped by an effort to avoid the sins they feared, I am now raising my two daughters according to my moral code. To me, the greatest sin of all is failing to be an engaged citizen of the world, so the lessons are about being open to others rather than closed off. We started taking our kids to marches when the younger one was an infant perched on our shoulders and the older one danced between the lines of protesters as if it were a block party. We've marched for racial justice and women's rights. Our church is the street. Our congregation, our fellow crusaders. As we stood in line a few weeks ago at a Dickens fair, I realized that my kids already knew what sin was without ever having been exposed to the onerous religious weight of the word. Despite being unchurched, they are emphatic, empathetic. empathetic, loving, and kind, and even more, they are fearless. I gazed into my daughter's upturned face and felt a rush of love and happiness. I had raised her without sin. She did have a moral code, one she followed not from obligation, but from her own desire to make the world a better place. A group of carolers strolled by, and she turned to watch them with a delighted smile, her question already forgotten. I leaned down and put my arms around her, watching the world from her perspective. An explanation of sin could wait. Now, it's really a, it's a, an essay well worth your time sure and, and reading. It really is. And it's really thought-provoking to think that people who called themselves Christians did that to a child. Not only them, but and this is one portion of the article that we missed in the middle that we didn't read. She said, at one point, I was sent to a Christian reform school where children were beaten in the name of God. It was there I learned that religion has nothing to do with goodness, and there's a strong link between zealotry and hypocrisy. Now, to be honest, when I read things like this, I, I, it does break my heart, but a Christian reform school, what is that? Have oh, you come ever... on. You don't think there are Christian reform schools? No. What oh, yes. That, what does that mean, Kath, well, a means... Christian reform school? Sure. And this is a woman who, you know, she's got two young children right now. So she, what is she, in her 30s? So was there a Christian reform school 15 years ago? What does that even look well, like? Well, if she, or 20 years ago. Yeah, of course that I believe mean? that. I never even heard of such a thing. Well, there might not be Christian reform schools in Pittsburgh, but of course there a are Christian defi- reform schools? Well, where, that where sounds like don't... something from Charles Dickens. No, absolutely not. No, that's, that is a thing that has been a part of uh, the American religious subculture for decades. Well, have you heard for... of that? Oh, yeah. You've heard of this? Sure. Never in my sure. wildest dreams have it I heard is, of a it's Christian not, reform I mean, school. It's, it's religion that is used as a weapon. I... I don't know what that means, really. I, I, I don't understand what that person's saying. Well, it's, well which, which person, her or yes. the people who are running a school like that? No, what she's saying. I, what I, she's saying I is that, that I went to a school and I got beaten when I didn't do what they told me to do. 
Now, come on, you know how cults work. You know, cults are, are surrounding a magnetic leader who's preaching absolute truth. And you do whatever you have to do to stay in the good graces of that person. But she's saying a Christian reform school as though this is some sort of structured environment for bad Christian kids that she yes, was placed exactly in. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I can't imagine. You, well, you better, that, you better imagine it because it's happened. Recently, in the past 20 years. Oh, I've, well, I have no idea. I mean, I well, can't, that's what she's saying. I can't, va- I can't vouch for it, but she's vouching for it. I mean, well, she is. Yeah. I, I mean, mean this, I, I don't know. Look, it, this, is, this is a reality in the lives of people who think that they have to defend their religion against all outside forces, even if the outside force is their own child. It's it's exactly what we talked about with Jerry Boyer in our first hour, what happens when fear overtakes us and when we forget the beautiful mercy of God himself and how he has accepted us. It's this type of purification cult where we have to be good and better and our kids have to be good and better and we can't let any of them into that. our I, place. I get that. So that's what it is. It's 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 that <clears throat> combined with a psychology of uh, of abuse and of character formation that causes this kind of crap to happen in the name of Jesus. But listen, the religious leaders in Jesus' time were the most frequent subject of Jesus' assaults, verbal assaults. But we're talking about 21st century America here. People don't change. The religious were the ones who missed who Jesus was. Right? When 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 Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you are whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Mm -hmm. And when you get a convert, you turn him, listen to this, into twice as much a son of hell as you are. He wasn't saying that to the Romans. He wasn't saying that to the lepers. He wasn't saying that to the prostitutes. He was saying that to the church leaders. This is our sin as church leaders, is that we don't recognize the beautiful grace of God. Okay, so if, if if the truth is that she... No, I'm going back into the article that she is saying she herself was beaten at a Christian reform school. Yep. Well, then, of course, she's going to rail against this and you know question the nature of sin in people's lives. Okay, but at the same time. So what does God himself say? So book of first John says this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So it can't be more it's clear undeniable, than that, of right? So we, we cannot claim to be without sin, except right before that, if you're thinking about this girl's parents or you're thinking about the people that ran her Christian reform school, quote unquote, First John also says this, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. So if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and don't live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. The only problem was they were using a passage like that and directing that to other people, saying, you're what's dark. Yes, not to The themselves. religious leaders and her parents weren't recognizing that they themselves were the ones who were dark. Okay, so then such, just as she herself was abused, being pointed at as the sinner, by disavowing sin in her own life and then... In, especially in her children's lives, by saying, you are not a sinner. She's also being abusive. Yeah. So. But that's the story, isn't it? That oftentimes, and it's not an excuse, but it is what it is. It's just, this is a statement of how the world works. People who've been abused 
abuse. Yes. Or those of us who have been abused in one way tend to react the pendulum swing in another way. Pull up short. Right. Because you're too afraid you don't want, you know, if, if you had a negative experience with your parents when you were a kid, you might overreact with your own kids and treat them so much differently because you don't want them to live as you did. Right. I get that. Okay. So in a society where everything goes and language exfoliates that, mm-hmm. that freedom, the word sin somehow has become Verboten. a swear word, mm-hmm. right? Judgmental. Yes. To say sin is out of the cultural and social norms of the days that we live in. It's become an antique, a tool of judgment. And we're the worst for it. We surely are. Want to go to the phones? Yeah, let's open up the phones. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Do you use the word sin? Do you use the word sin? Do you talk about sin to your children, to your spouse, in general conversation with your family or those that you love and are intimate with? Is the word sin, is sin verbiage something that's part of your vernacular? I'm really curious about that. Sin, how we talk about it, and what we talk about when we talk about sin. Call us, 800-320-8255. Be right back. 101.5 WORD. Skipping a meal, it can help you lose weight, save money, develop self-discipline. It can also be a profound spiritual discipline and help you grow in humility and devotion to the Lord. So how do you fast the right way without hypocrisy? Find out as John MacArthur continues his study titled Living Real. That's here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100, 800-290-7100. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. 
or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Winter is a fantastic time to replace windows and doors. Energy Swing's Donnie Dara on the value of a winter installation. Whenever you get windows and doors in the wintertime, it is actually a very warm installation. We take one window out at a time. You immediately put the new one in. And then most of the time is taken by finishing around the inside and finishing around the outside. And it's the same concept with a door. And prices are typically the best in the winter months. Typically, it's a slower season. A lot of suppliers have a lot of discounts. So what we're offering right now, we have an additional $50 off per window and $250 off per door. Plus, for the loyal Word FM listeners, when you get a new entry door, you get a free ring doorbell. The ring doorbell has really been a big thing, and we give them away free with every front entry door that we install. Right now, take an extra $50 off per window when you purchase six or more, and $250 off per entry door or patio door over and above any current offers for word listeners only at energyswingwindows.com. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about sin. I mean, this is Christian radio after all. <laughs> welcome to the sin hour with John and Kathy. <laughs> Every hour is the sin hour oh. with John and Kathy. Look, <laughs> It's our nature. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. Okay, so we just read a letter from the New York Times, or an, an article from the New York Times, where someone was raised in a very uh, very strict Christian home, and of course she's rebelled against that. Of course I say that. Uh, and, and so sin is, is essentially stricken from their conversation. She's raising her children without any concept of what it is to be a sinner. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're curious about you and how you look at sin, how you use sin in your vernacular. What is a sin conversation like you with yourself? N- or do you never use that word ever? Right. Or do you talk to your kids about it? Let's go to the phones. 800-320-8255. Greg, our friend, how are you, sir? I'm good, John. How are you, Kathy? Good to hear from we you, my complain. friend. Yeah, very good. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Okay, so sin. Well, yes. It's, it's the truth. There's fact and then there's truth. Because she wasn't raised up with truth, she's going with fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, you have to look at how she was raised. And, John, I'm surprised with you, man, that you've never heard of these kind of places. These kind of places like Kathy's brought up. You know what? It's not, not that I haven't heard of them, Greg. I'm just surprised uh, that they would exist in this day and age. Oh, yeah, they're going to always exist because you have people such as her mother, her family. They were taught by their family. They were taught by their family. So nobody never got any of the truth. So if you don't get any of the truth and have it uh, embedded in you, you don't do nothing but know the, the, the lie. Right, right. So the lie continues. Okay, so, Greg, you know, in a, in a daily conversation, does that word ever come out of your mouth? Does the topic ever come up to your family and friends? Sometimes, some, sometimes when I'm able to uh, uh, witness to different people, yes, yeah, because that's the main thing. That's the main thing is the sin. And if you can get someone to understand that you need a Savior and why Jesus had to die in order to save us, yeah. I, every now and then it comes out. But it don't come out a whole lot because I'm a truck driver, and I very seldom get to have the time sure. to, to, to really minister and witness to somebody. But every now and then, uh, the Holy Spirit will open up a door. Excellent. Mm-hmm. 
Great to hear from you, Greg. Yeah, Greg. Thanks an awful lot. Be safe out there. It's, uh, I'm sure it's brutal. You could tell us more so than we, than we were to, telling you. All right. Uh, I, I don't know. Sin. I don't say it very much. I didn't realize until we were having this conversation how reticent I am. To bring it up? To bring it up. Wait, wait. I'm surprised by that because you're pretty bold. Yeah, so what is that about? I don't think that says something very good about me. You, now, I mean, if I'm talking to you or Mike or, yeah, you know, sure. my husband or my kids or whatever. But you're not if like anyone who's, anyone who's in the Christian subculture, I'm going to talk about sin, of course. But I, like if I'm talking to people who aren't belie- aren't yet believers, even if we're talking about spiritual things, I am very hesitant to use that word. Now, of course, I would not I would like to think I would not use it as a weapon at any time, but perhaps I'm erring too much on the other side by just being afraid to ever talk about it. Well, no, wait. Yesterday we were talking about confession. I mean, the reason you confess is because you're a sinner. That's a good point. So, But as I said in our conversation yesterday, Protestants, I think, are bad at confession because confession isn't something that that's institutionalized as it is in the Catholic Church. If we do it, we kind of do it like, oh, you know, I asked Jesus to forgive me like a one-time only thing, which means we don't acknowledge sin regularly, I don't think. So we should talk about confession and sin together. Yeah. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for the 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith on Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Featuring a lecture by professor and author Herbert R. Marbury. The title of Dr. Marbury's lecture is Sacred Texts and Contested Canons, a Biblical Witness in Polarized Times. The lecture is open to the public and admission is free. The 5th Annual Community Conversation on Race and Faith, Saturday, February 9th at 2 p.m. Details at pts.edu. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Hey, speaking of sin, tomorrow's date night. <laughs> I, that's the only segue that I have that's for date night. That's a terrible segue. I'm sorry. I know it is. Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow, the long-awaited date night. We're excited. Christ it's Church be Grove a, Farm. a fun night. John and I are going to be your MCs for the evening. Oh, we yeah. will be at the um, VIP dinner, which will start at 6 o'clock, I believe. And then the event's going to start at 8.15 in the main sanctuary at Christ Church or Grove Farm. Tickets still available at wordfm.com. Or now, walk up. No, no, right. Or you can buy them at the door. Yeah. But the VIP thing, we're booked. I'm always embarrassed by that. We're sold out. Aren't you embarrassed by that? Why? That we're going to the VIP thing? I'm just embarrassed by VIP. I mean, that seems really well, I mean, cheesy. They're not, they're very not, important. They're not going to give you a sticker or dislike, anything. I just really dislike that. It sounds really bad. Maybe you need to wear a tuxedo. No, no, no. Do you own a tuxedo? No, I used to. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure you did. Yeah. 
Not anymore though. My husband has six. Oh my gosh. When you're when you're a musician, it's oh, not because yeah, sure, you're yeah. it's not like you're dressing up for your own wedding. It's that you're dressing up for everybody else's right. wedding. No, no, no. Yeah, okay, so date night. Listen, I, I, these guys are very, very funny. Jay and Laura LaFoon, very funny, great people. We got to hang out with them last year. Mm-hmm. But this year, if you went last year to date night, don't totally. think don't think it's the same thing because it's a whole new act, it's a whole new thing. Yeah. Um and so please come. And to me, I you and people I think do this less and less. There's nothing better than to sit in a big room, an auditorium, with a lot of other people, and everyone laughs together. Right. I love that I mean, so much. Talk about much. a tension reliever. We could use that with the upcoming State of the Union address. Just everything. I mean, wouldn't it be just great to go out and laugh with your wife or your husband yeah. and kind of hang out? Plus, if you've been wondering, like, what does new Mike look like? You know, he's going to be working the photo booth. Yeah. Mike's rocking that unibrow, so you ch- <laughs> check him out. That was only on that one picture. <laughs> no, no. Hey, John Hall, this is uh, uh, the Unibrow Hour here on Word <laughs> FM. <laughs> no, no, just come out and check. We're going to be there. So, you know, you want to come up and say hi mm-hmm. and you got a complaint or a, a question or a comment, uh, feel free. <laughs> I need a haircut. <laughs> you, I need a haircut. We both need haircuts. Uh-huh. Usually before we have an event like this, I try to get my haircut. I, yeah. I don't have too. time to get my haircut. Yeah, no, so now, you, you need a haircut too, Mike. You're going tonight. Good. All three. You're going tonight to get your haircut? Of course. Where you going? look good tomorrow. Sports clips. Yeah, that's right. I thought so. See, we should get our haircut. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to cut our hair? I don't have time to Not get my Enrico. haircut. Not Enrico. No, no, I can't. No. I just The Shaggy Dog Show with John and Kathy. That's, that's what tomorrow, tomorrow night's going to be. All right. Yeah. Date night tomorrow night. Hope to see you there. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.